to me, it's the easiest to keep it going when what you communicate is actually true and based on you, since your personality and the way and your way of doing things will always be there and will never, you know, suddenly disappear. Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sfin podcast. My name is Valentina Gritti, I'm your host and the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. The Slow Food Youth Network, or as we call it Sfin, is a worldwide network of young activists with different backgrounds who want to contribute to a better local and international food system. Today's episode is part of our Bites Off series, which is a series of shorter episodes in which you can learn something very practical from the youth in our network. The topic of today is how to run a food blog, and we're going to discuss it with our guest, Lauro Odorizio, who is currently an intern at the Sfin Global Office. So welcome to the Sfin Podcast, Laura. Would you like to say something to introduce yourself before starting? So um, nice to meet you, everyone. I'm Laura, a gastronomy and food sustainability amateur. And as Vali said, I'm here to talk about my experience with being a content creator for social media platforms, especially on Instagram. I own a page which is called at I'll Take You There, which I started in 2018 just for fun, where I posted my recipes and communicated with other people that shared my passion. And today we'll talk about how actually um, how to actually start this kind of page and make it kind of successful. Thank you so much, Laura. Let's start from the very beginning. So how did you start the food blog? Um, honestly, to start, you need to be really open because almost every creator uh, learns by making many mistakes and changes um, and changes their way of communicating and speaking and taking picture or um, modifying designs according to the response that they will receive from the public and also according to their personal style, obviously, which is not super easy to find at first. Once you've realized how things really work and what can be better for you and your followers, you will notice it. So um, the first advice on how to start will be to just start and be open to make mistakes and um, not judge yourself too much and have fun. And then people will start to compliment you for a particular skill or a catchphrase or anything that you do that is so original or so well done to catch the attention of who's following you. But anyway, um, because of this little path you may take to actually get into it, the first suggestion, as I said, is to just start. So basically, only by actively trying, you will find out how to, how to continue and start in the, um, in the first place. And depending on your content style, you may need more equipment for higher quality content, or you definitely may not. And for your style... Like, would you suggest to choose it before starting the blog or while you're already having your blog? How, how, what happened in your case, for example? In my case, I changed a lot of style and a lot of topics, actually, because my blog started as a recipe developing page, basically, um, and then became sort of a travel blog where I showed um, different cuisines from different cultures and uh, the beauty of it all 
And now, actually, it is a it is a platform where I share plant based tips and um, recipes again. Um, but I will say that the thing that um, connects all these kind of different topics is actually that um, there is me myself in all of these phases. So people don't uh, think that these things are too far from each other because at the end, it's just me being really passionate about food in general. And so they expect a human being to be um, open to, to many, many new things, basically. So it depends. There's some people that just know what they want to go for and they have a really straight target, but it's not for everyone. But anyway, everyone changes their style in in the making. I've seen the best bloggers <laughs> of the platforms anyway changing their style constantly according to trends or how they grow. And would you suggest to like choose your target audience first or choose your style first and then you see who, who starts to follow you? Um, I'll say to choose your style first uh, and then mm, the target audience will follow. And normally the target audience is people that are really similar to your age or interests, so it will not be too difficult to actually find it. And um, because of the way you speak and communicate, you will normally attract people maybe more similar to you. And um, for example, it's difficult to find a Gen Z creator that makes jokes that maybe people in their 60s will understand. Mm -hmm. And for example, that's an, yeah. And obviously there will be exceptions, but you figure it out on the way too. And Instagram also now has many tools where you can understand uh, which kind of public actually follows you and interacts the most. So I would say to choose your style and um, the, target with, the target audience will follow. But you will, you will notice it naturally um, because it's really important to interact with people as well, ask for feedbacks, maybe post um, polls a lot or anyway, um, answer to the DMs or the private messages, whatever platform it is. And as I said, I think it's a very natural process and you will attract people that are more similar to you anyway. And Laura, once we, we have started our new food blog, how do we actually keep it going? Nice question. So um, to me, it's the easiest to keep it going when what you communicate is actually true and based on you, since your personality and the way and your way of doing things will always be there and will never, you know, suddenly disappear. Another way, obviously, is to always prepare the content you will want to create maybe a month before. So very well scheduling and to take a monthly plan, as I'm saying, with everything written down. And it may seem easy, but posting actually takes a lot of time more than anyone thinks. And especially because when you're communicating with many people, you have to make sure that everything you mention is really well explained otherwise somebody may not understand what you wanted to say but for sure the keys actually on how to keep it going are cons consistency and people getting affectionate which is what i i was talking about um but 
on the other hand, about consistency, sadly or fortunately, the world of social media can change very, very quickly, which means that if you're not open to change along, you will lose something instead. So you need to keep being on track all the time and never stop um, doing your job and blend it well with what is more interesting for the followers to see in that moment. I've seen many successful Instagram bloggers which found themselves to be really in difficult situations when Reels took over because it was a totally different type of content. It was making videos with voiceovers and so being able to to edit a video um, and anyway, it was totally a different style rather than posting pictures. So many people um, were left behind because they just didn't uh, update their, their content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that, that you mentioned you know, like uh, pictures and example of Instagram, so every time I see you know, amazing pictures of, of people posting uh, around and then I think like of myself, for example, that I'm really not a good photographer at all. <laughs> But do you think that it, that is a, a skill that people must have? So do you really need to be able to make good pictures in order to use Instagram, for instance, or other social media? Well, it depends on what you are, what you want to communicate and your target audience. Because actually, I think that at the moment, we are in a pretty realist era for social media because people post, you know, photo dumps where they post pictures completely raw and mostly unedited altogether and often not even related to one another. And people are loving it. It's a trend now. So basically, um, the point of it all is to not stress too much on being perfect and post your mistakes, post the behind-the-scenes processes. People want to want to see it and you need to show your work as it is. And also, for example, showing your reactions to what you're doing or what happens to you while you do it. So I will say about photography skills that obviously it's without any doubt it's always really helpful to have good photography skills or editing skills but they can be used to maybe enhance the realism we were talking about before Um, I will say you certainly need a sense of style and design to do this job rather than maybe being a photographer so especially nowadays the younger generation is loving this kind of raw pictures with no editing or major changes And people basically enjoy to, re- to see real persons speaking, real food, real kitchens, and also real mistakes. Um, I just followed a new blogger on Instagram who just posts videos taken from her iPhone. And you can clearly see it that it is an iPhone of her dishes, her plates. And there's no editing, I'm sure, because they are, you know, the video is a bit gray, but she really gives the idea of how the plate actually is looking from her eyes and it's basically it's it's honestly a new style like years ago this will have been kind of in, in unimaginable because mm-hmm. people were so obsessed with being perfect um, obviously on the outside so it's a, a marketing choice <laughs> on one hand not to be also like so natural and, and so raw And also, um, I'm curious um, about another another topic because, for example, I am uh, I am Italian, 
but I'm currently living in the Netherlands. And then when I when I share things on my social media, I never know in which language yeah. <laughs> I have to share it because still like most of my audience is from Italy, but then maybe I organize events here and then I don't know if I should share like in Italian, in, in Dutch or in English. So how would you suggest like choosing the, the language for your social media? I understand the struggle because I am Italian and I post in English, but many times people don't understand or I forget to translate in Italian once and then I don't get the reactions I want. So it's a bit tricky. But I will say that again, it depends on how you want to sell yourself. And you can totally go for English, which will guarantee you a bigger audience, but then you'll be in front of, you know, two paths, basically You can talk in English and create content which can be appreciated all around the world, like recipes with many different origins. Or you can talk in English and prepare recipes from your own culture and then become, you know, the one who makes, for example, Dutch recipes if you're Dutch. Or the one who makes Italian food if you're Italian and then you talk in English. While if you talk in your native language, on the other hand, it may come out easier for you to be more authentic and understood. So I will say that it's not for everyone to talk in English. Mm, it may also seem a bit difficult to talk in English rather than your native language if you want to collaborate with brands especially because they usually send you things to try. So it's better to be in the same country of the product that you will promote. And maybe if you talk in English, the collaboration may, may not happen because you don't have the right audience for them. Uh, Um, which will be an international one instead. But maybe they cannot send you uh, the product um, from, from abroad, you know. But anyways, I always talk in English in my posts, and I do so because um, I often share things and flavors that will not be as much as appreciated as people from my country will do, for example. So it's, it's a personal choice. And uh, I also do so because I really like to experiment with different cultures and love to communicate with people from around the world and very different from mine. But as I said, I think it is easier to talk in your native language. You can create uh, a tighter circle. But you also mentioned that you, you sometimes translate also what you do into Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that perfection will be to post in both languages, but it takes double the time and double the effort but you mean like in the in the same post for example to make like uh, the first part of the description in one language and then below in the other yes in, in the posts and in the stories as well but sometimes i even forget because for example i'm outside i'm taking a picture <laughs> and i'm not really thinking about translating everything if it is i mean if what i'm communicating is very real and true i just forget But yes, it will be perfect. For example, I follow many mm, uh, international bloggers who, who maybe post, for example, in German, and then they have their translation in English. And it is really useful, but I try it and it's very complicated. 
And, um, and Laura, I have one, uh, one last question for you, uh, because I know that uh, a lot of people that are, are listening to us, for sure they're interested in like starting a full blog, but uh, maybe some of them are also producers, so I, either they are maybe farmers or they, are, uh, they transform some uh, food product. So in that case, when you have really a product that you want to sell or a brand how would you suggest to to start your your blog or what are the main differences yeah so um, i will say that in that case your profile will have to be totally centered on a specific aim and really objective um to sell that product you know that is the the aim So um, while if you're a food blogger, you can show your personal life so that people get closer to you and get affectionate and remember you, um, when the aim is to sell something, it will be better to have a page all about that and then rather make these other bloggers sponsor the product you are selling. This is how it normally works at the moment. And as I said before, if you're selling something, there's high probability you will talk in your native language. Mm -hmm. So here you have a really, really, you know, um, specific target targeted audience. And um, you will then find the right creators that will help you sponsor it to the right audience as well. And uh, so it's not that important to show yourself, generally talking. And I will say that you need a, you will need a tidier, more organized feed and definitely more straight marketing techniques, actually. So it's a different deal. Um, but on the other hand, I've seen many, many pages that sell products where there is actually a person that shows them directly by presenting themselves. So at the end, I will say that showing you, but being really constant with that and not just once is anyway the best way. Uh, but it depends on the house, especially for the type of product you're trying to sell. Thank you so much, Laura. It was super interesting. I, I learned a lot. And also I would like to, to thank all the people that are listening to us. I would like to uh, remind them that you have uh, your own food blog, which is uh, called I'll Take You There. I will uh, also add the, the link in the podcast description. And also Laura is now managing the Slow Food Youth Network social media. So you can also follow us there at Slow Food Youth Network. I will also add that link in the podcast description. And then please, if you like this episode or if you have a friend that would like to, to start a food blog, please uh, share it as much as possible and see you in the next episode.